0: And as we think about last week, we ended with the question Will you remain faithful when things get hard? Right? Will you remain faithful when things get hard? Joseph did, right? Even though it meant getting thrown into prison. Right? It wasn't going as he would expect, but he stayed faithful. And it appeared as if condemnation against him had won, that his dreams were crushed. Once again, when there was just a glimmer of hope. But if we look back at the end of chapter 39, where we were last week, the narrator gives us a few clues as to what God was up to. One, Joseph was thrown into prison, when really for the crime that he was accused of, he should have been killed and executed. Two, if we look at the end of, verse, of chapter 39, we see the word Lord, God's name Yahweh, said just a few more times. It even says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. Again, we see God's providential care and concern governing Joseph's life. And then the last one, number three, is Jew- Joseph wasn't just a normal prisoner. He was actually made ruler of all the prisoners so yes, Joseph is in prison, and his dream is a little different than he thought. It was a, it's a little harder than he thought, but there's still a glimmer of hope that it will be because God is with him. And so this morning, we're going to be in chapters 40 and 41. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up there. If not, it will be on the screen. And I want to read for us the first four verses. Of chapter 40. Here's how it starts. Sometime after this. Let's let's stop right there. Just sometime after. You know, as we think about our future, as we think about our plans, how many of us like exact? We like to know when. We like to know how. We like to know what. We want to know every little detail in some way. But the narrator gives us an inexact amount of time. Sometime after this. And so we don't know exactly how long, but as we'll see, it's a considerable time lapse that Joseph has been in prison. So some time after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against the Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. And they continued for some time in custody. Again, the inexactness, in some time in custody. And so, the chief baker and the chief cupbearer were thrown into prison. They were two high-ranking officials in Pharaoh's court, the king of Egypt. And Joseph, who's in prison, is the prison warden of sorts, and he's appointed to attend to them. ...to take care of them. And one night, the baker and the cupbearer, they had dreams. And in the morning, Joseph, Joseph took notice that they were troubled. Right? They noticed that they were troubled and even looked sickly. They were probably dreaming and worrying about what was the sentence that was going to come down from Pharaoh to them. Right? They probably were just kind of had the night sweats. You know, anyone? Just me? No? Okay. And they looked sickly. They were struggling. And they told Joseph that they had no way to interpret their dream. You see, in Egypt, dreams were very common. And they had all sorts of magicians to interpret those dreams. But in prison, they had no access. So they weren't sure what to do. And listen to Joseph's response. In chapter 40, verse 8, he says, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So, even in prison, he has faith, and Joseph goes on to interpret the dreams. For the cupbearer, he says, "It's, it's a positive. He says, In three days, you will be set free. Now, for the chief baker, the interpretation wasn't so positive. It was, In three days, you will be executed, you will be killed. And I want you to look at Joseph's response. He's talking to the cupbearer here. And in verse 14 of chapter 40, this is what Joseph says Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. Do you see Joseph's confidence? He is so confident in his interpretation and in God's work in his life and providence that he says, When it goes well with you, when my interpretation from God is correct, remember me. His faith remains strong because he continues to trust in the provision and grace and care of God over his life. It doesn't mean it was easy, though. He continues in verse 15 Joseph says, For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit, into prison. This line is expressing how Joseph feels about his situation. Right? That his brothers, if we remember, took away his freedom and sold him into slavery. And now he's in a foreign prison for a crime he did not commit. And sure enough, Joseph's interpretations were correct. The baker was executed, and the cupbearer was released and set free. And the narrator tells us this in verse 23. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And then as the narrator moves on to chapter 41, we get these few words. After two whole years. Right, the cupbearer forgot Joseph. And then, all of a sudden, it seems like this is just like a throwaway line. Oh, after two whole years. But two whole years of being forgotten, being alone, that's no joke. Can you imagine how Joseph felt during that time, during those two years? His dream probably fading from his memory. Alone in prison, hearing the deafening silence of God. No word from God, no hope for release, just sitting day after day waiting, feeling forgotten by others and feeling forgotten by God. Do you ever feel forgotten in your life? Do you ever feel unseen, not heard, not known, that you just keep waiting for something to happen? That it never ends? That you just keep getting passed over again and again? Maybe for you it's an unanswered prayer. Or God's apparent silence in your suffering or pain. Or the silence of someone close to you. Or it might be that a friend or mentor or parent or spouse just hasn't checked in with you in a long time to see how you're really doing. To see how your heart Really is Or maybe your wants and longings And dreams for the future Are just taking a whole lot longer Than you ever imagined This is the place where we find Joseph in And honestly it's the place That we find many people throughout The library of scripture We hear Job Say this behold I cry out Violence Violence But I am not answered. I call for help, but there is no justice. Or the psalmists pray, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Or even Jesus himself cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Joseph was forgotten. And sometimes we feel forgotten too. And so after 2 whole years Pharaoh dreamed. So the story moves to Pharaoh and Pharaoh woke up he had he went to sleep and he had this dream. He was by the Nile River, the large river running through Egypt where many thought that's where Pharaoh got his power from. And out of the river came seven plump healthy cows and then right behind them came seven ugly thin cows. And these ugly and thin cows ate and swallowed up the seven healthy cows. And Pharaoh woke up, only to fall asleep again and have another dream. And in this dream, there were seven ears of good, healthy corn or of grain on one stalk. And again, right behind it came seven thin ears of corn that was destroyed and being swayed by the wind. And Pharaoh woke up, and he was troubled, and he was actually afraid, because he knew the dream that he had had something to do with the future, but he wasn't sure what, and it seemed bleak. And so Pharaoh called for the magicians to interpret his dreams, to tell them what was going to happen, but all the magicians in all of Egypt could not do it. And then the chief cupbearer finally speaks up. He says this, the cupbearer, in verse 9 of chapter 41. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. I remember my offenses today. And he goes on to tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, what happened to him and the baker in prison. That Joseph interpreted the dreams, and that the interpretation was correct. When I get to this part of the story, I just begin to ask the question, why now? Why does the chief cupbearer remember now? Why couldn't he just remember two years earlier? Right? I'm sure Joseph is asking that question as well. Why, God? Why couldn't this happen two years prior? I've been alone for two years. And here's the truth. In God's providence, timing is always just right. In God's providence, timing is always just right. I don't really like that answer, and I'm sure many of us in here don't like it either. But it's true. If we pay attention throughout Scripture, there's a common refrain, at the appointed time. Paul in Galatians 4 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, right, at the appointed time, God sent forth his Son. At just the right moment in history, Jesus came. Do you know that there's an appointed time for you? That there's an appointed time for your freedom and healing and renewal? And it might be soon, or it might be later. But the timing will be just right. And you might be sitting here and saying, "Well, Sam, how do, you kn- how do you know that there's an appointed time for my freedom from whatever it is you're going through? How do you know that there's an appointed time for the healing and renewal of my mind and my heart? How do you know that? Because that's God's desire for you. His desire for you is wholeness. It's shalom. It's the end this world and all of us here are heading to but in the gap between it just may not take place in the timing and in the way in which we want. A pastor Tyler Staten in Oregon puts it like this. God sometimes heals instantly by his power and other times he heals slowly by his presence. Isn't that good? God sometimes heals instantly by His power, but at other times He heals slowly by His presence. But do you know what? He always heals. He always sets free. He always renews. It might happen now, or it might happen much later upon His return, but God always heals. If your dreams, or wants, or longings and desires are from God and if we're honest, not all of those things always are from God, then there is an appointed time for your dream to become reality. If your dream is from God, if your wants are from God, then there is an appointed time in history for your dream to become reality. It just might take longer than you'd like. It's certainly taking longer than Joseph would like. So at the appointed time, Joseph was brought from the pit, from prison, and Pharaoh asks him to interpret his dreams. And listen to Joseph's response. He says, it's not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. After two years of being forgotten, Joseph is still faithful to God. And so Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and says, the two dreams are the same one. God is about to show Pharaoh what he is going to do. There will come seven years of plenty, of abundance, of food in Egypt. And then following those seven years, there will be seven years of famine in the land. And after that, Joseph goes on and suggests a plan. He says, Pharaoh, what you need to do is select a wise man to oversee the land. And then you need to appoint other men, overseers, to save produce during the years of famine. And as a result of that, those overseers will gather food, and there will be a reserve in the seven years of famine. And long story short, Joseph is chosen to be that man by Pharaoh. In part because Pharaoh recognizes the Spirit of God in Joseph. In 41, verse 38... Pharaoh recognizes the spirit of God in Joseph. And Joseph is given a signet ring. Right? A robe is put over him, a gold chain around his neck. And he is installed as second in command in Egypt. But then notice this line. Chapter 41, verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Do you remember how old Joseph was when he received the initial dream? 17. Joseph has spent 13 years in slavery and prison. It had been 13 years since Joseph was given his dream, and it still has not happened yet. And as we get to the end of chapter 41, Joseph is 37 years old. That's 20 years of the dream not happening. That's most of y'all's entire life, and it's most of mine. Why? I'm sure Joseph asked why a lot in 20 years. As his dream, maybe he doesn't even remember it anymore. Do you find yourself asking why sometimes? Waiting is hard. Feeling forgotten is hard. Silence is hard Here's what oswald chambers says about silence God's silence is the sign that he is bringing you into an even more wonderful understanding of himself Are you mourning before god because you have not had an audible response? When you cannot hear god you will find that he has trusted you in the most intimate way possible with absolute silence Not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure. Because he saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation. If God has given you a silence, then praise him. He is bringing you into the mainstream of his purposes. What if God is using the silence, the weight, the gap between dream and reality to bring you into closer relationship with himself? To get your whole heart? What if God's silence is actually him working? Forming and shaping you into his image for his glory. Preparing you to steward a dream that's better than you could ever imagine. It's in the waiting where God is at work. It's in the wilderness where God is at work. And can I tell you, he sees you. He hears you. He has not forgotten about you. He just wants to bring you as his son, as his daughter, into the mainstream of his purposes so that he becomes the dream, so that your desires for him rather than the dream itself. And what's coming will be far better not because it's bigger, not because there's more money, not because of any, although that could be true, but it will be better because it's what God wants. It will be better because it's what His will is. It will be better because He has your heart. And this is what God is doing in Joseph's life. And it will become even more evident as we continue in the story throughout the semester. And so far, over the last few weeks, we've, we've talked about our dreams And how they'll be different than we thought. How they'll be harder than we thought. And now, how they will often take longer than we thought. So how do we respond in the silence and in the waiting? Right? How do we respond when it feels like we're forgotten? Here's the first way. I want to give you two quick ways. How do we respond in the silence? we got to Listen. Right, we got to listen in the silence. And if we're honest, we're not very good at listening. Did you, or waiting. Or having patience. Maybe you are. I am not. My wife is here. You can ask her. My kids, they'll tell you too. Did you know that the human attention span is now eight seconds? Did you also know that a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds? So yes, you have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. We're not good at waiting. We're not good at listening. Too often our prayer lives involve talking at God or talking to God with a list of wants and demands. Maybe there's a back and forth and there's a talking with God, but what if we began to listen to Him? To sit and to listen. And I hope, I want you, I desire you to incorporate this into your alone time with God. That practice the spiritual rhythm or discipline of listening prayer. To take a short chunk of Scripture a few verses and read it and listen. And then to read that same chunk of Scripture again and to listen, maybe for two or three or four or even five minutes. And then read the same chunk of Scripture again and begin to pay attention and become aware. What are the words? What are the phrases that God is stirring up in you? What are the images that he's giving you? And pay attention to those things. We must begin to listen in the silence. And here's what I'll leave you with. We also must begin to hope in the silence and in the waiting. First Peter 5, 6 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Can I tell you, your dream, your story, your wants and longings and desires do not depend on you. They depend upon the presence and providence of God. Your dreams, your wants, your longings, your desires, they do not depend on you. They depend on the presence and providence of God, and in that we can hope. We can hope that at just the right time, God will lift you up. We can hope that at just the right time, you will be set free. We can hope that at just the right time, you will be healed and you will be renewed And we can hope that at just the right time your dream will become a reality. And it may be different. And it may be harder. And it may take longer. But it will be better. God, would you teach us to listen this morning? Would you Teach us to cling to hope in the waiting and in the silence. And maybe not even us. I I think about the world. I think about Ukraine. I think about Europe. I think about Russia. I think about us, Lord. In those moments, our fellow image bearers, we give them to you that they will cling to hope. That you will lift them up at just the right time. You are worthy of our praise and affection are worthy of all honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.